even though I was making documentaries and experimenting with the medium, building an optical printer for a documentary in uh, Scotland about a group of artists. So it led into how do I understand storytelling? Hi, and welcome to Best in Fest. And I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of the La Femme International Film Festival. And this is a podcast for people who are interested in learning and advancing their career in television and film and learning the dirty little secrets of Hollywood. Today, I'm so pleased to have Devo Cutler Rubenstein on the show. She is amazing. She actually got her Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Film and Television um, at CalArts. That's where I got my master's. And um, she is fabulous. She has expertise in financing and pitching and development. She launched her career in entertainment at 20th Century Fox, rising quickly through the ranks of development. She designed a new story department as a director of literary affairs at Columbia Pictures. Then she moved on to be the VP of marketing and promotion for Concier Video, an international distributor of classic and foreign domestic film titles. She is currently the CEO and president of Noble House Entertainment Inc. And she continues to develop and produce and fund uh, multi-platform projects. And I'm so happy to have you on. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, <laughs> that's great. And later, I did want to just, I'll show the cover of the book that I co-authored, Dating Your Character, and we'll talk a little bit about how you date your character. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. And, and also, I recently got my master's in creative writing. I went back and looked at all my journals at CalArts, and I said, huh, maybe I was a writer. I thought I was a painter, filmmaker, director. It's like, wait a second. I've been writing secretly my whole life. Okay. So most writers feel that way because we, we don't want to be writers because it's a really it's it's like the brick laying of everything it is the foundation it's the you know pyramids that they bury the films that don't work you know so right right exactly i mean it's so true i mean none of us really want to write even the writers that are successful really don't want to write it's a painful thing to write but we end up writing anyways yes we <laughs> have to as all creators writing is a necessary skill and my there are a few writers who are uh, natural writers. My husband, who was Scott Rubenstein, uh, who wrote for Star Trek The Next Generation and over 30 episodes of all different kinds of produced shows, everything from, you know, MacGyver mysteries to thrillers. And uh, he really was a natural writer. So he'd sit down and he just would go in the zone and write himself into a corner and have a great time. I was like, how, how do you do this? <laughs> How do you do I this? Exactly. How do you do this? How, why is it so easy for you? How dare you be easy? Drinks, right? <laughs> but anyway, thank God we have our it's... natural writers as producers and directors. But we do have projects that we love that we have to birth ourselves, no matter what, right? Uh, right. Exactly. Got to go to the mat. Well, let's talk. Let, let's talk about birthing that idea. I mean, you started off in development, so um, you know, which is the birthplace of of ideas. How did that influence you in your career working, you know, on the other side, hearing and, and working with creatives on development, as well as influencing you now, you know, in, in your career with that experience? I, I mean, I absolutely can recommend to writers to get an opportunity to work even for a day, to, you know, at an agent's desk or work for somebody who is 
uh, a director or a producer because you start to see things from the other side of the table. You start to think about budgets and locations and set dressing and you know the actors and you begin to uh, fill out in a three-dimensional way what the experience is for the people that are going to take your vision as a writer. So myself, um, I was always creating since I was a little kid and so I think my first film with my sisters I starred in and co-directed and produced for five dollars it was called Seymour's Topless Mortuary it was high school it was before me too I mean I had hair like in the picture of me with the long hair but yeah but we but it was completely you know obviously we were naive and innocent and we had a red paper mache foot and you know it was what it was a comedy you know S-E-E, more top. So that was our first film. And um, and then I was really always a painter, so I was always experimenting with film and patterns. And then when I uh, my house was bulldozed, I had to make a documentary about sort of Hollywood's latest facelift. It was a green and green. Betty Davis had lived it. It had a huge, wonderful history. And the documentary led to, like, how can I reach more people? So my first sort of taste of development or the necessity of writing, not just the expressive aspect, because I was always writing poetry and putting words in my paintings and fascinated with with sounds and how they impact us, you know, from a kind of holistic feeling, you know, you dance with sounds and everything. So it was more artistic initially, but then I realized I wanted to reach uh, more people. And so I had to learn about narrative filmmaking. And then so that led to, okay, I'm gonna get a studio job. I gotta make a living. It led to learning how to type. And even though I was making documentaries and experimenting with the medium, building an optical printer for a documentary in uh, Scotland about a group of artists. So it led into how do I understand storytelling and, and, and really kind of uh, grounding myself in the narrative form. Um, and the narrative form is born of what we know, real life. So the closer that the narrative form can springboard from real life, take those elements that our souls uh, have understood over generations and ancestors around campfires and you know dinner tables and turkey dressing, you know the stories of everyone that we we have known and loved. There is. Uh, a sense of kind of an inner formula that moves people, that creates emotion. And and so initially it was just observing life as a, just what I would have to say without being at, at CalArts, they never let you use the word artist, but I would have to say as an artist, you're on the bus, you're listening to conversations. Why did this person say this person? What's underneath what they're really saying? The subtext is an actor, as a director working with actors, as an actor, an improv person, I'm always looking at why. You know, my mother said, under, my mother was an actress, understand what's underneath. And uh, so subtext. Yeah, what's the under, what's the under subtext, yep. Yeah, and, and the best lines, according to uh, Michael Uno, who is a director that I, I worked with as his kind of, not a co-teacher really, but the script coach for filmmakers for about 15 years at USC in the summers from all over the world. And it was really working with uh, other writers that as a producer or as a teacher that I started to hone my own, actually just not hone, but reinforce what I knew is a great story. So when I started pitching, that also helped me think, okay, how do I grab the the person that will give me the money to make the movie or will come on board as a creative that I want? So I have this formula called cha-cha-cha or ch- character challenge change. So that you have a 
Yeah, so you have a character that has a problem and you have to identify that problem. Um, Indiana Jones had a problem, right? He wanted to get the, the, the whatever, the Golden Grail, a lot of different things. Yeah, hold the Holy Grail, yeah, yeah. It was gold too, but yeah, it's gold. it was a Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But what was his problem, what was in his way? And usually within the character, there are things in the world that are in, in their way, there are things within them that are in the way, and there are things in relationships. So in his case, he was a faithless kind of rascal uh, in reaction to wounds of a lifetime, which we can talk about with his dad. And in a way he was drawn to heal that wound, the fatal flaw. So he, he didn't have faith. He didn't have faith in himself. He didn't have faith in God. He you know, obviously believed that he could make a lot of money and he didn't have faith in relationships. So the odyssey of the story, the character is to take the character put them with all their problems in the world in a relationship and the metaphors, the subtext, and put that character in a place where they're challenged so that the earlier issue, which is keeping them from their most divine possibilities in life is challenged. And through the challenge, they do growth. They grow in their soul, they grow in the world, they gain mastery, they're dragged through the mud in order to develop these skills they don't wanna to develop to get what they want. Right, so they desire something, but they really need this inner growth. So there's the character, there's the challenge, and then there's the possibility of transformation, um, which is the change. So character challenge and change, and the change doesn't always happen. So in a tragedy, obviously something within themselves or something in the world or something in a relationship uh, hinders them. And when you talk about metaphors, you're even bringing in the idea of ancestral wounds that can block people that they have to kind of bring those to the surface to heal. So, uh, and if they don't heal them and they're, they're sunk, it's a tragedy, right? Or it can be a kind of comedy tragedy, but, um, but if they do, most of us feel, we want to feel that we can get through the mud. We can, we can overcome and build a ladder and create a new happy, uh, circumstance for ourselves. So that's where it's uplifting. So many stories, I would say, depending upon what's going on in the world uh, and the people that are driving those stories, you're looking at uplifting. You're looking at the cha-cha-cha or the dance that's kind of fun, right? The, the character change. But you're also looking at stories that can uplift because the people confront the feeling of things are impossible and I'll never get through this. So tragedies sometimes help us drill down to, and, and, and expose that, those feelings we don't want to feel. So stories are healing, they just are. And so the, the purpose of developing a story as a sensitive storyteller, as a producer who wants to work with writers or work with uh, you know, actors to help develop a story in collaboration, uh, it's important to understand that you've got to understand what the problem is. And even in a pitching circumstance that we talked about before, what are those elements, character challenge change? How, you can't tell 120 pages that's gonna take you six hours to carefully read in five minutes, you know, even 20 minutes. So you've got to figure out what are the elements that are gonna hit those emotional chords to get people curious enough to wanna read your 100 page script or wanna you know, sit through your movie once it's made. So Leslie, usually, as you know, you do a log line for yourself, just like Steinbeck, Grapes of Wrath, he wrote down, you know, what do you want to do? Typed it up, put it on his computer. So for yourself, what is the story you want to tell? You know, I want to tell a story that is healing. That's not specific enough. I want to tell a story about a young boy who's witnessed a murder and he has to gather 
uh, the strength to overcome his own sadness, to team up with the world of relationship and eventually solve that murder. So that's sort of a beginning place, but it's still not specific enough. What kind of kid? What are, you know, so I think a lot of people think they can just sort of be vague about the character challenge change, which can help you write your your pitching uh, log line, your 25 words or less that are gonna get you to the next step. So you've got to change out any cliche and exchange it with the specifics of your character. And it takes time, right? It's a craft, just like writing is a craft or directing or acting. So people think, oh, no, I'm just, you know, they want to actually like go in the room, sell the project and leave, you know, no, you have right. to do the work. <laughs> Sorry. I think, I think they, I, yeah, right. And, and they don't understand that it, there's a marketing aspect to that. You know, it, it's not just storytelling. There's a marketing aspect in the language and the words you choose when you pitch really to help point. hook that person in to want to read the manuscript, which in theory has all those juicy parts that you may not be able to facilitate completely in that two minute, three minute, five minute, 20 minute pitch, right? Absolutely. My, my husband came up with the idea of dating your character and then I, I pitched it to Marilyn Atlas and then we taught, uh, taught it for a while together in lectures and then uh, we brought on Elizabeth Lopez, who's brilliant. And that's where the book came out of. But it was the idea that when you walk into a bar, basically, just like, you know, uh, you look over there and you say, huh, he's, you know, he or she, depending, uh, kind of cute. Maybe I'd like to date them. And so it's kind of the same thing. It's like, how do you hook your potential buyer? And that's where the marketing comes in, you know. So you don't go to a bar looking like a schlub unless you want to meet another schlub, which is okay, you know. But I, I think... Um, I resisted marketing. I mean, I went to CalArts. You know how that was. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, yes, yes, yes. I just. Uh, marketing I, was a bad word. It was a bad <laughs> Market, word. Marketing was a four letter word over there. Yes, yes. Even though it has more letters than four. But, you know, the thing is, uh, I'm glad you know, acknowledge that. I think that the, the, the thing that we need as artists is to feel that the world, which is a marketing machine or a sales machine, is open to what we have to say and to build the marketing skills to understand why is branding important? Why is it that, you know, but just like today, I, I thought about there's different things I could have worn today. I mean, I went through my closet, I thought, huh, you know, what, what will help communicate my message? And I, I thought, well, okay. So I've been an executive. I'm, I'm more kind of a crazy artist just came from home Depot where I'm like covered in gravel soot underneath what I'm wearing. And, um, you know, and uh, I thought, but you know, I just maybe I can be kind of professional and bland, a little gold bling, you know, so just a little makeup. And so if I were to go to a bar, kind of what's the person that I want to meet? Well, I would like to meet someone that would trust me with a million plus bucks. So if I go, it depends upon who I'm meeting with. If I'm meeting with like a, a potter that's made a gazillion dollars from their pottery line, Maybe I would wear holy jeans, but I might also combine the holy jeans with a nice jacket, you know, and a tasteful shirt or something. So you get, you can create some confusion in your brand that's actually attractive. But when you're pitching uh, either yourself, you need to be clear, what is the message that you're bringing to the conversation that you're going to have with somebody that can give you the money? What, what is it that you want them to get about you? And they don't have to know your whole life story. A lot of people, 
will tell their whole life story. Maybe a little taste. Like I had one student, and please forgive me if you're listening, uh, who I adored at UCLA Extension, where I think you also have taught. Um, it was like, uh, he was a rocket scientist. His story was about rockets. And he refused to ride a, a, drive a car. And he also refused to mention the fact of his background that would totally have been a hook for the people that would buy it. And I had to like work with him, like, you know, hammer him, like, wait a second, when you walk in the room, A, you're not 26, you know? Uh, so these 26 year old executives are thinking, ugh, you know, somebody, he should have made it already, you know? Sometimes they just are, are very discounting of age and wisdom, you know, knowledge over time becomes wisdom according to a dear friend of mine, Pauline. So I just, and I kept saying, I think that's a hook. And I would ask the class, you know, what about his pitch, which he just did, what is interesting to you? He said, well, the fact that he's a rocket scientist. I said, but he didn't say that I had to pull it out of him. So when you're pitching the architecture of the pitch, Leslie, and we've talked about this is one of the first things is to connect on a human level. And sometimes to connect on a human level is to get people interested in your background and how your background might hook in with your story. Now, if you're telling a story about a, a circus and a, a young boy who jumps through a hoop and lands in the future and you're a former circus clown, God, how fun is that? Like, I'm, like how is that gonna play out in the writing of the, of the script? You know, or are you using, you know, so look at first at what is it about you? I've always taught this for so long. What is it about you that ask other people? Cause you usually don't know what's interesting about you, but what might be a hook or interesting somebody else, I think she'd gotten bitten by a shark and survived. And we always thought that's a great, great opening line. You know, whatever story she tells, you know, like how did that survive? So sometimes. You know, it's funny, my, my meetings, which could be 20 minutes to 40 minutes, sometimes they'll just be like 90% just chit chat, talking about the kids and COVID and how do you, how, what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And then the last five minutes by, oh, so what do you got for me? Okay. It's called truth or dare. It's about blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. Oh, I want to read it. But they wouldn't have wanted to read it if I had just come in the room, opened the door and said, I've got blah, 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 and this is what I want to sell and da, da, da. It's relationship-based. They're looking at you and saying, Leslie, do I really want to be involved with you? Yeah, you know, do I want to date you? Do I want to date you? Do I want to, yeah. And Are you sane? Are you civil? Are you not crazy? Right, do I want to date you? Do I want to have you around right. for the next, you know, two years? And we're not talking <laughs> dating because we highly can tell you so yeah. many effed up stories about when you actually do date your crew or your partners or whatever. So we're not saying yeah, yeah, we're no, no, we're, 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 we're using it in a metaphorical sense right. for do, those listening. Do, do in. you want to spend six months, time, five years with this person, yep. 20 hours a week developing a project? Right. Is this somebody that, right. I mean, I, I mean, I had, a, I had is a, it, oh. is that person going to be a problem source? Is that person going to be sane? Is that person going to be somebody you want to work with? Is that going to be pleasant? Are they going to take, are they going to take notes? Are they going to be combative? You know, they want to work with non-combative, sane, professional people that come in offering their story, but is willing to have the input because this is a social medium. It's also a social interaction group, um, you know, entity. And, and, and are they going to succeed in, in morphing that 
towards a successful entity. And I and I I do can tell so many stories. When I was an executive at Columbia Pictures, I had been working with two writers who had a lot of background in successful television shows. They'd sold pilots. They'd written for a number of episodes, and we were developing a project with, for them to. Uh, Right, they had kind of gotten in a niche of MOW, so we were we were transitioning back into a pilot, uh, uh, and I have no problem with them. We had a great time; it was always fun. However, when I brought um, an, another executive who was the next stepping stone to the project being greenlit uh, for funding for development funding at, at Columbia, um, that development executive um, said, "I don't get it. You know, I don't get it," and could it could we have the horse be the star and so in the room literally the male of the male female writers his face became red you felt the rage come up within him and the room the energy in the room changed now as a holistic energy healer person my whole life being medical intuitive which is a whole other side of my life i felt it i felt the room change and i felt the deal go south so one of the things I can say and reinforce is you don't want to lie about who you are, but you want to practice listening so that if something doesn't resonate with you, really what you need to say is let me think about that. I, I think it's interesting. Let me go home and try to solve that problem. Or like I've sold things in the room when somebody said, gee, that doesn't work for the kids to be living in Tucson. You know, we have a ranch in um, Bolivia could you set it, you know, with a bunch of kids in Bolivia who are expats? And I, and you kind of go, yeah, that could work. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care. We, yeah. we, you know, we had a story that was about a, a real, it was about a baseball player. Scott had written a, a really great script about a baseball player um, who is responsible for the, the death in a drunk a car accident of his best friend. He becomes uh, really dis, disenfranchised, homeless, in fact. And he um, fine, he is accosted and finds a, an heiress who is running um, from her husband because she's been accused of murder. Uh, and so she was in a trash can that he was about to, to, you know, check out. And they team up together. Anyway, so it ended up being, it's really cute. It was optioned in finance and whatever in, in uh, how to get a deal with Germany, London. I mean, yeah. Uh, and America, and we we were going to shoot in um, most of our shooting, our location money, which was worth about a million bucks, was going to be in Italy. So the German faction said, "Well, can we make it about a physicist instead of a ball player?" And we went, "Okay, all right. Then we can we we can keep the heiress. I like that. Good casting, you know, Sandra Bullock type. Uh, but can we change the cat? There was a cat." Um, uh, to a child, an orphan child who work, who lives at a nunnery uh, or whatever, an orphanage in Italy, and, and the child does what the cat does. And we went, okay. So, you know, we ended up developing the project over, I guess, a year and a half, two years. It didn't finally go through. There was um, another kind of bizarre, quirky coincidence. I mean, one of those weird financing things, just I'll give you a, just digress for a moment look like it was going to everything all paperwork assigned everything is fine we are going in for our gap financing with um somebody i don't know who it is anyway they hear my name and my partner's name former partner i wasn't somebody who was part of so they hear my name and they go oh we're not giving you that money and i 
and I, uh, it was so random and weird. And I went, wow. And because the two years before they had financed a film where the director in the last minute pulled the plug on the project. And it was his rights as a director. And we, we had an, we had the option, but we didn't have, we had not purchased the script. So it was like either, and so the financier got burned. You know, it wasn't intentional. I mean, it may be complicated for people to understand, but basically you have all these relationships and at a certain point, the bank, the completion bond company, the, the, the angel investor, and then your investing group, they all come together and you have a green light. Now, sometimes there's been bad blood in the past. Now, I tried to save that project, flew to New York, met with people. I could not convince the director and I could not convince the financer to come up with the pittance, I thought, 25 grand at that time. I know it's a lot of money, but to buy the project. And it just kind of, and so he remembered that and still was angry. It's like, dang, you know? Yeah, so it fell out because of that past. And and uh, people don't understand that 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 well, history right. tr- tracks you. Right, and, and, and this and is the that, point about development. Exactly. So if right. you're kind of rude in the room, somebody will... It tracks you. you. Right. It I, tracks you. And that person's not always going to be at, whatever, Fox. You know, they're going to go from Fox to Sony, from, you know, to Columbia, to wherever. They're going to... Tra- and they're going to remember, because it's going to track you. I had another funny... <laughs> I had another funny thing. I had a, I had a deal on, on a feature film, uh, and... Uh, so it was sort of an executive musical chair. So the story editor was my buddy. We got the green light for the money to do the rewrite. And we were about to get the green light for the movie. I mean, literally, it was, just, it was, it was you know, $2 million, 5 or $3 million movie at a small indie. But nonetheless, a distributor respected. And uh, so I had the meeting with the new executive. One executive left, and I met the new executive. And... Um, he was just a, such a dick. I mean, he really was a dick, but I kind of smiled through the meeting. He didn't seem to understand. He hadn't read the project. Okay, fine. He's new. And my exec, my, my story executive is sort of pinching me. Don't say anything. Just keep smiling. I'll handle this. You know, kind of one of those reminder things. I go with flow. So I went with the flow. I, I thought, okay, the meeting went fine, but he, he really was kind of a jerk. And, and I mean, just really, he was disrespectful. He was, why do you think, you know, they're going always going to ask you, why do you think you can direct this? But he was literally disrespectful in the room. And I was like, okay, I want to direct this. And, you know, I'm not going to be reporting to him. So fine. So I get to the elevator. This is the, this is in the category of never talk about a meeting in the building. You just had the meeting. Okay. So I go in the elevator. I push the button. I'm in the elevator. We're going to the first floor. I turned to my friend. I said, boy, he was such a dick. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I did say it and I don't mean to say, use that word, whatever. And I mean, I am using that word. That's because that's what came out of my mouth at the time. Uh, and guess who walked in the elevator just at that moment and overheard me say the exec we just had the meeting. So, I mean, I don't know if that was a reason it didn't get greenlit. I will never know, but I learned the lesson. Take it outside. Let's talk about financing. Let's talk about uh, uh, the land of financing currently right now, development financing. Um, how is that working in your world of, um, you know, uh, the current climates? So so in terms of development, most of the development that I've done is an independent producer. Most of it. When I, obviously, when I was with a studio or I was within the studio system or even a mini major, 
we were at CBS Radford for, um, it wasn't live entertainment, it was Sir Lou Grade's company. Anyway, when I was working, and I was working for a number of different smaller companies uh, uh, after leaving Columbia, so, and before. So it was kind of, you know, we had a lot of different experience, but the, the way that it worked inside is very different in terms of championing for a project, just like I was explaining about the, the, the feature film that fell apart uh, due to a, an error on my part. <laughs> so um, I own it. It's okay. Good lesson. I can help them. Um, the development financing in terms of my project. So a lot of my projects start as either beta ideas that I've come up with that I develop into either a short film or I will work with a playwright to develop it as a play or I find a play and that's a one act and I expand it to a two. So I try to create a market, going back to marketing for whatever project I'm working on. So there's the branding of yourself, uh, which I haven't been as, uh, I would say, maybe as proactive as I could be, but that's fine. There's, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for social media and personal websites and, you know, podcasts like yours, which are, I think, impactful. People can share information and, but I think for your project, I have, and for projects, I've been very, um, bef so before there were decks. So what a deck is, is a presentation reel of sorts that's a digital marketing tool. And you usually, as part of your deck, will create a website either for yourself or for the potential film. Um, and also it could also have a home on uh, Facebook or there's other different formats where you can you can create even LinkedIn you can create small little links to to your website and or Facebook so um, depending upon also where you are in your lifespan a uh, Facebook is sort of considered by younger people sort of to be out so Instagram is the cool thing so you might do if you might do kind of a fun um, infomercial or a piece of your movie or your film or your series uh, you know, as, as in a fun way to expose it to the market without giving away too much. So uh, people create decks which uh, exist usually for potential buyers. You don't usually want to expose your concept generally to the public. You want to have password protected, but it needs to be professional. It needs to include a, sort of a simple kind of one sheet, which is a designed uh, in the paper world it's about eight by ten or eight and a half by eleven piece of paper that has some visuals that give the conceptual idea of your project and that that probably usually has a log line on it and maybe a summary on one side and that's what's a tease so you're teasing like the dating your character metaphor you're teasing people's interest with these materials and again you don't want to expose too much you just want to get them to the point where they will read a script or a television series uh, or a limited series material and then take it the next step. As part of your deck and as part of your marketing, you may approach actors or you might have a wish list. And there are all sorts of pitfalls. You might have a friend that's an actor, but they're a B-list actor, B-list meaning they don't have the pull, the weight, the number of credits, the, the kind of financing success that has in the past followed them. 
And so you might attach somebody who could be an encumbrance or a problem for the project. Better to get a letter of interest, make no promises, and keep gaining the, you know, the moss on the stone as it moves along. So as far as financing for me, um, I have put in my own money, um, not a lot. In most cases, in some cases, I've, I've helped finance uh, an independent feature. So I was one of a, a, a group of people who put um, money in. All of us were at the $25,000 to $100,000 range. Um, and, uh, and, we, and then you're needing along the way viable actors and you're needing a viable director of photography which we had and um so that was cobbled together by cobbled together meaning you know you had all the the materials the leather the the rubber whatever and you're putting it together so that you can then uh show your your banks and your investors who are the major money people um so at the moment, I'm still in the development phase on, on everything. I have a couple completed smaller projects, um, but I'm mostly working as a writer and a writer's coach. And, and in terms of financing, I can help people with, like I'm reviewing it. Yeah, I'm reviewing a deck right now for somebody. He's got a relationship. I think it's, is it Paramount? But the person has just approached me and I've worked with him over the last, really, it's many, many years, maybe 15 years off and on. Um, with uh, his deck, which I will then comment on and then perhaps help revise and then make suggestions for how to make it more market worthy. And the reason I can do that is having been in the game, you know, that's the thing I kind of know as a buyer myself, what are the criteria, you know, so. Right. And, so and for those listening, so for those listening in, what she's really talking about is creating a deck and a website so that you have the tools to then go off and solicit and engage investors in your project and also have the tool when you are trying to solicit or secure a development meeting. That deck usually has a visual base. It tells the storyline. It gives potential uh, suggested talent that might be interesting or valuable for the investors or the studio that you're trying to get this to. And so that's what she's really, uh, you know, saying is an important aspect, not only to the finance side, but also to the pitching side. Right. And, the, and there are different kinds of pitching. We'll talk about that. But I want to say one other thing is very important in whether you're writing a novel or whether you're writing a screenplay or a television is to have comparables. So that's the marketing thing. So when you're starting out and you're writing a screenplay or a treatment for a screenplay or an outline, I depends on kind of how passionate and personal a project is, but I will always do a bit of marketing. What's out there like it? You know, what is the market for a time travel love story? What, in the last five years, what's been successful? What are the, or what are the elements? And if it's too close to something that's been out there, what can I do to just keep my own interest and shift it a little bit so it has a unique- uh, A unique background, right. but yet, you know, similar to a comparable that might be already out there. Right. Here's the last, here's the last couple of questions. Uh, what's your advice uh, for new filmmakers uh, coming up the ranks? What piece of advice can you give them? think about uh, a slate of projects. Mm. So look at who you are uh, mm -hmm. and whether you work with someone like me, but someone, so what are this, what is the kind of your, what's your mission statement? What are the kinds of films and projects and impact that you want to have as a, as a filmmaker 
on your audience and the world. Mm -hmm. So what it, what is kind of what is it that you want to say? And keep drilling down. Not like I want to make people mm -hmm. happy, but I would like people to think about when there's difficult times through illness or stress that there is a positive upside. So I want to, you know, so that kind of leads you into the type of materials that you might want to do. I personally have a duality uh, we should do it sometime, Leslie. It's really fun. But I have, a, I have a, something called the dueling mask technique where I look at strengths and weaknesses and liabilities of the strengths and then the opposite so that we look at kind of what is it that the person needs to transform perhaps to get. Like if somebody's so empathetic that they can't stand up to bullies. So obviously they're, if it's in a story, they have to be able to build the muscle of standing up to bullies. Well, same thing for a character as in life. You know, or if they don't have good boundaries and they keep associating with people that are take them down the wrong path. So all those are can be made into stories as well. So look at what your personal themes are. What is it that you want to impact and who, who is your audience? Because it can be a small audience. You can, you can make experimental films for, you know, a room of 100 people or 10 people. That's that is very valuable. Um, Look at what the market is that you want to be seen, and then and then develop a slate of projects. So, as a new filmmaker, what have been the films that you've made to date? Look at the themes that are showing up. Look at kind of what what your two year, three year, five year game plan is. What are and then what is the slate of projects that can serve you? If you want to direct, you then have to think. Okay, maybe I need to direct some theater. Maybe I need to take one of my projects and adapt it into a ten minute play, so I can put it up in front of an audience. Uh, maybe I need to work on my skills as a writer. So I'm going to write one of my projects and get my skills better in development. Maybe I need to hire a writer so I can get better at working with writers. And so develop your site. All good, all good things for you to look at when you're trying to approach your career and your long-term goals. So right. So at least awesome. maybe yeah. three projects. Look at, I mean, it's important, I think, to have a, a TV pilot right now; those are very important. So, what what's a you know to get a, a that's a, a, get an idea? Maybe look and see who's writing pilots. Who are the assistants or the people in your in your school or nearby schools where you live that are developing projects? Get a feature, perhaps, unless you know you only want to work in television, and um, look at some smaller projects that you can produce and get a name for yourself, win some awards, and find out what the contests are that are the most viable ones. Uh, if you're a screenwriter, so you can get some recognition and entree. Okay, um, good. Last last quick question is, uh, what's a dirty little secret that you have learned through your travels that you can share with us? <laughs> of uh, like, gosh, I wish I had known this. Yeah, 10 the big, years the, ago. I, my big uh, saw, if shall I say, I wish I had a violin, but is collaboration. Yep. Who do you choose mm. to collaborate with? So I think that you can be involved with people who uh, are are time psychic vampires so that there's so much management involved and it doesn't mean that they're a bad person it may be just that the mesh is not good so i've had writing partners producing partners directing partners pardon me where my very first project out i had a, a woman who was really really talented i loved the project i worked on the script i got the budget together i helped connect to people that could do it but i never got in the room it's like that's weird but i didn't know that i was supposed to be at the meetings you know, and so when I got feedback from our uh, actor, actually it was Robert De Niro, he was developing a project for Diane Abbott, his then wife, um, that the director was kind of a, a not, was very unpredictable in the meetings, the project fell apart. It's like, gee, could I have impacted that? I guess I don't know if I could have made a difference in the meetings, but I could have, she was very difficult 
that that particular person. It was her, her first time, and obviously she had some issues, and hopefully she's gone on to do very well. I don't know, but I would say collaboration. So when you're about to collaborate with someone, like Leslie, if we were going to collaborate on anything, I would have you write out what is it that you want from this project? What is your goal? How, and then where do you have issues of communication? Where do you find either people have fallen short for you? And then let's work out a, especially important to work out a trajectory is if the project doesn't work out, you have an exit strategy. So let's say we, I say, say give it a month, give it three weeks to a month, let's collaborate, let's meet once a week. And if there's tension or if we can't resolve story issues to get to a third better idea, right? You might have an idea, I have an idea. No, 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 the character has to go up the hill. No, 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 they need to be swimming. Oh, maybe they need to be in a boat carrying it up the hill. Let's, you know, whatever that third solution is. Do we, do we mesh to creatively solve problems without a lot of conflict? Uh, that's for me. I don't, I don't like conflict. I just am, I, I really don't need it. I like creative conflict and creative discussion, but personal conflict and time management pulls you away from the creative process. So you give yourself a month. At the end of the month, we say, Leslie, this was your idea, but I'd like to run with it. Do you mind if I, I option it and then I'm going to take it solo? If we sell it, for your idea, I'm going to give you X, $12,500. I'm going to tie you to the budget, give you a percentage of the net profits, and you're going to get a credit story by. Is that something you're interested in? And you would say yes or no. But we would have worked that out before the 30 days prior to. Right. And, yeah. you would have and I think that's I think that's super important. And that's something that they don't do. A lot of independents start um, moving forward in these collaborations without working these elements through. And then feelings are hurt issues happen at the end and then there's conflicts yeah they work with feel but it ain't real you got to put it on paper every single time i have a uh, someone pitched me uh, i've talked to said this story in other formats but somebody pitched me a great uh really wonderful thriller and he ended up writing it. it was fabulous we optioned but at the beginning when he pitched it to me i said i love this let's write it and uh it's going to be five um you know, a free five month option or six month option. And then I'm going to pay you $500 for the second six month. So uh, he came back, I sent him a memo and he said, no, 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 you were going to pay me 500 for the first six months. And I had the napkin, I had scrawled on the napkin. So you got to document the relationship, but you know, just like in building, there's those change job forms, you know, and it has to be in writing. So get everything in writing. Have people right. sign and then it, there's no it. more hurt feelings. Yeah. yeah. And then there's no more hurt feelings. Well, they'll still be feelings, but you know, you'll save the project and you may even save the friendship, right? There you go. Okay. Thank you so much, Devo, for coming on. All Best right. Fest. Thank you. <laughs> um, she, uh, yeah. Uh, listen, she also, for those listening in, oh, wow. she is a coach, a writer's coach. Wow. And I would love to be able to, um, oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Your character, nice and fat, all these things. So dating your character, you can secure the book for those listening in on Amazon. Can they get it on Amazon? The best place. I have a link that's better. You can get it uh, through uh, Kindle. I have it 
on the things I sent you. Amazon is great. It's just for authors, they don't get as much money as Stairway Press. That's okay. We'll put it in the uh, Best and Fest link. So for those that are interested in securing that book, they can go ahead and and click right through to that link. Um, uh, Devo also uh, does consulting, and we'll put that link in the Best and Fest for those that are interested in um, securing her as a consultant. You can see the video component on the LaFemme Film Festival YouTube channel. You can tap into many platforms on the podcast and you can like us on and review us on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. Uh, Thank you, Best and Fest, and we are out. Bye.